This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hi there, welcome along to this podcast. And myself, together with guitar player Kel, took a deep dive into the year of 1973 this week. And we came up with two albums that we needed to talk about. One of them, Piano Man from Billy Joel. The other one, the debut album from Rockers Queen. Do enjoy the podcast and join me live on the show. Weeknights 8 through 10, right here on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is The Night Shift with Mark Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Now, where were you in 1973? I bet a lot of you weren't even around. But uh, if you were, you might remember some great albums that were recorded. I'm talking the likes of Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, Wings, Band on the Run, Quadrophenia by The Who and uh, even David Bowie's Aladdin Sane. A lot that we've been looking over over the past few weeks with guitarist Kel, who joins me one more time. We're going to put the lid on this little feature and uh, wrap up with two great albums. Kel, great to see you again. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good. Great to be back. Before we get into uh, the albums, um, we've just been having a little play with AI um, uh, earlier on. And um, there is, it's it's all over YouTube. There's um, a guy who's put together... Johnny Cash, the classic country singer, singing a version of the Barbie song, I'm a Barbie Girl, and it's just mind-blowing, isn't it? I mean, I just played it to you, um, and it's spot on. It's scary, because it it catches the complete, like, timbre and tone of him. And we were saying, it's just like, you can see people that do impressions, uh, and even like tribute bands, and they're really, really good. But you can tell there's just something missing, because it isn't their actual voice. Of course, yeah. But listening to that, it had everything absolutely spot on and it's and it's frightening it is it's it's like where where will it go it's like there's they have these videos called deep fakes and they look exactly like the the person Mm, so mm. you marry that and marry that with the voice and it's like (laughs) (laughs) gosh that's goosebump stuff check it out it's on youtube uh, johnny cash singing uh, the barbie tune now um two classic albums that that we're going for tonight and um it's uh, of course we looked at inner visions a couple of weeks ago yeah but uh, we've gone for two this week one of them probably one of my favorite artists we've already had one piano man in elton john (laughs) and his goodbye yellow brick road uh, album but um billy joel for me is just the ultimate piano man yeah and i think what's been interesting kind of researching um with ai <laughs> with, with, with the help of ai yes thank you GPT. um yeah it's just like kind of the history we all know he's a huge a huge star and he sold millions yeah. and millions of yeah. records i think 160 million worldwide but looking at like kind of his key singles there's a lot of variation in the music mm. so things like just the way you are just such a beautiful, beautiful love songs. Yeah, uptown yeah. girl which was famously covered by by westlife we didn't start the fire it's still rock and roll to me mm. there's 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 so much variety within what he writes so i think he's he's kind of known as as kind of like your archetypal piano man yeah you know, exactly just, and just just sit in a piano and and play play songs for you all night um which is obviously what what kind of a song on the album's about but i think that there's a lot of richness within the variety of what he's brought out throughout his career, which is uh, which is really strong and mm. great to see. A, a g- great player as well. I mean, classically trained. He's yeah. a concert pianist, uh, you know, as, as well as writing just fantastic pop songs. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, in his Uptown Girl days, uh, it, every song he wrote was a it's hit. It's huge. Yeah, and it was interesting because we, we did uh, a little while ago, we did Lionel Richie. Um, and seeing the kind of difference that some of those artists did in, in the kind of 80s, and 90s when yeah. although they started off in the 70s because i think that gave me a real good grounding in their art 
of not knowing, not only knowing how to produce really good pop songs, mm-hmm. but pom- pop songs which are kind of in the zeitgeist of the moment, you know? Yeah. If you say Uptown, Uptown Girl, it was kind of early 80s, but it was just so on the money. It was obviously a nod back to kind of like the 50s style. Mm. Yeah, which he, he, he's done some a cappella stuff as well, which is, yeah. you know, it's almost like Street Corner uh, Barbershop yeah. Quartet. Yeah, and it's, it's a real nice nod to kind of the history of, of, of kind of, of music, but also in a, in a very modern era, but yeah. um, a supremely talented guy. He's got a few, fair few awards on his mantelpiece as well, hasn't he? <laughs> Six Grammys, yeah. including Album of the Year, that was for 52nd Street in 1980, and also Record of the Year for Just the Way You Are. Yeah. As you said, that is just a beautiful, beautiful ballad. He's also been inducted into the yeah, Songwriters Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and the Kennedy Center Honours as well. In 2013, he received the prestigious Kennedy Center Honours for his contributions to American culture. But it all started 1973 um, with his album, The Piano Man. Yeah, this was, this was actually his second album because uh, his first album yeah. came out in 71. Yeah. And uh, and then that didn't do so well, but he'd got tied into a contract which was like kind of one of these contracts which kind of you've signed it up for the rest of your life yeah, and yeah. whatever money you owe, anyone you've ever met owes, then we're taking it. <laughs> yeah, right. Kind of one of those. And, and he spent um, a long time trying to get out of that contract. Uh, and in fact, lead up to this album, because he, he fell out with, with the record company, he was actually a lounge piano player for like nearly mm, a year mm, while he was yeah. writing this because he was trying to get out of the contract, get into a brand new contract. I think he'd just recently been married, so he needed to earn some money. So he he went away and he played he played under the name of the um it was it was a place in Los Angeles called the Executive Rooms where he's the lounge pianist. Okay, and he went under the name of the Piano Stylings of Bill Martin. <laughs> his name's William Martin Joel. So I'm glad um, he changed it to Billy Joel. <laughs> uh, let's get a track in. Uh, here's a little clip um, from probably his most famous tune and uh, the title track from the album.
So uh, there's uh, a little clip then from uh, this uh, song, of course, probably his most famous, one of his most famous tunes, and the title track from uh, the album that turns 50 this year from uh, Billy Joel, The Piano Man. You feel like you sat there in the piano yeah. lounge, don't you? Where you can plonk in away. Yeah, you really all do. All these people with all different stories and sob stories. And, yeah. You know, it's, it's a beautiful piece of music, so well played. And uh, that... Harmonica is played by Mr. Joel himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays quite a few other instruments. So, again, I think people forget that because they they just have the visualisation of him at the piano. But I think one of the good things that that sort of come out from this, because back then we didn't have the internet, we didn't have (laughs) AOL, we didn't have social media. It really is Billy Joel. So so people would go to these kind of lounges and they would exchange stories and they would have real characters. So he's absorbing that within the writing. Uh, And the overall feel of the place, as you say, you can just listen to that and even without the band, you feel the swing of air yeah, and yeah. you, you kind of want to join in. It's you in could, a very lilting time signature, isn't it? Yeah. Like a three, four, six, eight. Yeah, it's time, a nice little yeah. kind of swing vibe to it. But it's one of those ones which you can you can just see him doing that on his on his own and just everyone singing and kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. you know, kind of swinging around yeah, in, yeah. The, in the place. And it's, it's parallels as well with Barry Manilow, who, who came yeah. up the same way uh, in, yeah. um, you know, uh, piano bars, basically. You know, that, that he's, he's come out and said, Barry Manilow, that's what... He learned his craft to be a very good accompanist. He says, I'm not a fantastic pianist. Mm. You know, I can hold my own, but I'm not amazing, but I'm an excellent accompanist. Yeah. Which, because he, he used to accompany uh, Bette Midler, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, on. Uh, yeah, and and well, one you've got you've got those kind of artists, so you've got to know what you're doing, but also your other eyes on the people that are listening to you, because in that kind of environment, you're really exposed. <laughs> they will tell you if they don't like you very very quickly. <laughs> I know. I used to have a good friend that worked on cruise liners, you know, in a similar situation to this, and you know, if he'd had a bad night, he he, re- <laughs> he really felt it, yeah. he'd had a bad night. You know, you only need one song that you don't know, and that's it. Oh, that's it's gone. Venus yeah. is hopeless. You know. <laughs> anyway, we're going to come back uh, we've got another couple of tracks from this uh, classic album and Kel's going to be throwing uh, another one into the mix as well which is another juicy one stay with us on Dubai I 103.8 you're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station this is the night shift on Dubai I 103.8 yeah and we are diving into two albums that have turned uh, 50 in 2023 recorded then in 1973 first one being Piano Man by uh, the one and only Mr Billy Joel. Now uh, we heard the title track there from the album. We're going to flip it onto the onto its B side um, mm. <laughs> with this next piece of music, and um, uh, something that was written for his first wife. Yeah, and again, this, this the reason he wote it. It was uh, it was a Valentine's present. Because uh, romantic, I Mr. know, John. I know. I think it was slightly practical as well. Yeah, I think he was having problems with Forgotten the record getting company. a gift. <laughs> couldn't yeah. get a bunch of flowers in time. No, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't get to the petrol station to get them, and uh, I think he was busy in the lounge trying to earn a bit of cash. So uh, yeah, I think it's partly through necessity. But what a um, what a wonderful gift! So as a, as a Valentine's Day present, he he wrote this track for her, and he and he he called it. It's, it's called "You're My Home," and he said it's just like when when you find that person you're in love, he's really like being at home so yeah. there's there's a real beautiful sentiment behind it and just shows uh, another another kind of facet of of the beautiful songwriting that he does when you look into my eyes and you see the crazy gypsy in my soul It always comes as a surprise 
when I feel my withered roots begin to grow Well, I never had a place that I could call my very own But that's all right, my love, cause you're my home When you touch my weary head And you tell me everything will be all right You say, use my body for your bed And my love will keep you warm throughout the night Well, I'll never be a stranger And I'll never be alone Forever we're together, that's my home So Shani's versatility, almost a country groove on yeah. that tune. It, it reminds me of John Denver and, um, you know, many that songs that, that he wrote. Um, what a lovely song to write for your uh, wife at the time. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think you're right. It hit that. And obviously that was quite a big thing as well in the States, especially like the kind of country rock of the early 70s. Yeah. And I was actually just trying to think, he reminds me of someone in yeah. you, and you're dead right. It Sunshine is John Denver. on my shoulders. Uh, John yeah. Denver is kind of very, very similar Yeah, uh, yeah. to that. So uh, You're My Home there, um, the B-side to at Piano Man. Now we're going to squeeze in one more from mm. this classic album. It turns um, 50, as I said, this year. I'd advise you to go and get it. In fact, I saw a copy of it in Raw, Raw Music Store the other day. And oh I was, no, I don't, was don't tell me that. I was toying with it and uh, <laughs> I thought, well, I've got a lot of Billy Joel. Uh, but, anyway, but they do have a copy of it there. Final song is um, inspiration from a classic Western movie. It is indeed, yeah. And it's the, uh, the ballad of Billy the Kid. Yeah. So again, showing another facet, another nod uh, to, to country, but really, really influenced by the the kind of Western Western yeah, films. The of Magnificent day. Seven. Yeah, they were all fantastic. High Noon. Yeah. They, I mean, Westerns were Westerns then. Weren't they were they, proper, you know? proper, proper gritty. <laughs> they had a real feel to them, and they and and I think the music soundtracks as well to those Westerns were as big a part yeah. as uh, as the visuals themselves. And uh, yeah, and this is his nod to that to that genre, which he does beautifully well. He does, and uh, the song has indeed been used in several films and TV shows. Family Guy and The Sopranos appeared in that as well so let's have a listen The Ballad of Billy the Kid from Billy Joel our third and final track from the Piano Man album turning 50 this year Colorado 
size Took the teller by surprise And the word spread of Billy the Kid So there it is, the ballad of Billy the Kid, um, our third and final track from The Piano Man. I mean, from that cloppity, cloppity <laughs> kind of introduction, suddenly it comes alive, doesn't it? And it, 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 it's, it almost goes through different stages, does this song. You yeah. know, it's, it's a six-minute song. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like orchestral, you know, different tempo changes and, yeah. you know, the big sound that comes in. Um, it's beautiful. It's, it's very... Um it's, it's almost kind of like a movie within itself. Yeah. It's very thematic, very dramatic as well. Yeah. Uh, which is a, an interesting little kind of segue in who we're about to speak to because they're very well known for this. But again, bearing in mind this is very early in his career. Mm. So to write something so complex and so clever, that takes a lot of thought. And you can tell he's obviously very, very studied in what he does. Yeah, it takes a concert but, pianist to write stuff like oh, that. Oh, doesn't it just? Yeah, <laughs> a real, a real... Well, the same thing, is it? Lots of different movements, so it kind of takes you on an overall journey yep. across the whole thing. It's just, yeah, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful, and I just want to drop in as well. New York State of Mind is my favourite Billy Joel yeah. song. So uh, that's Billy Joel um, turning 50 this year, the, uh, the album Piano Man. Now, in complete contrast and perfect timing, <laughs> I must say, as uh, yesterday we read it out on the show, that a certain Brian May had turned... 76. It yeah. was his birthday yesterday. Uh, the English, uh, of course, classic rock guitar player, famous for his work with Queen. Queen, indeed, yeah. And this is uh, this is Queen's first album, so it's Queen, or or commonly known as Queen One. Funny, I missed this one because the first Queen album that I was aware of was the one with the faces on the front, which yeah. is Queen Two. Isn't That's it? right. Yeah. yeah. So that had Bohemian Rhapsody in it yeah. and yeah. all of that stuff. But this is really interesting listening to this one because. There's two things I think with this. It's like one, it's their debut album. So, if, like for any kind of mm. new people wanting to get involved in music, it's just like, well, your first record's got to sound as good as this. And number two, you can hear already right at the very beginning where a lot of those influences of that that kind of classic Queen sound, the big the big guitars, the big harmony, Mercury's voice. Again, the song similar to to what we've just spoken about with Billy Joel, with the songs being almost like movements and very thematic, mm. all coming from their very, very first record. So I think this, while this might not be as well known as some of the others, I think it's hugely, hugely important uh, in terms of uh, in terms of Queen. Right then, let's hear um, the first track. It's called Keep Yourself Alive. Any window, any day Now they say your books are telling you Be a superstar 
All right, then, keep yourself alive. This is from uh, Queen's debut album before mm. Queen 2, that had all the big hits on it, of course. Uh, but a very solid start. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is the first album... Uh, sorry, the first track on the first album. So I think it's got that classic Queen driving rock kind of beat and guitar straight straight behind it and freddie's vocals just supreme just just sitting up sitting yeah. on top yeah yeah um recorded at trident studios yeah um which uh, of course is uh, in london there and uh, produced by john anthony and roy thomas baker um i've not seen the cover either before the front cover of the album yeah the cover was taken um it's, it's again it's another kind of iconic cover with just the silhouette of freddie yeah just just posing and that photo was taken uh, by a guy called Tuglis um putty for a previous london gig and you can actually see that i, I found it online the original picture and it just okay. looks like a, a small london venue like the marquee yeah and he's just kind of standing there like that and then i think freddie mercury was involved in any actual cover-up because he was a graphic designer yeah yeah because he designed the queen logo he did <laughs> which which was kind of amalgamation of the zodiac signs of all the members of the band um but again it's just uh, again what a statement as your first album you just mm. put your lead singer on a big spotlight doing a huge pose and when you <laughs> when you know what queen went on to do it's just yeah. like wow that's absolutely perfect a great, statement a great of intent. start straight out <laughs> the starting block so we're going to come back yeah. with a couple more tunes from queen's debut album turns 50 this year this is The Night Shift with Mark Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8, the UAE's number one talk radio station. Yeah, two albums turning 50 years of age in 2023 under the spotlight on the show. We've already heard uh, Piano Man, of course, from the wonderful Billy Joel. And it's the turn of Queen uh, with their debut album, which I must say I had not heard. Uh, I started off with Queen with uh, the second album with Bohemian Rhapsody on there, of course, but uh, didn't realise that this evening existed until tonight so i'm learning a lot another thing uh, on this next track that we're going to hear very shortly um brian may not only plays guitar plays piano on 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 this next song yeah he does and it's an interesting one because after this that's when freddie mercury started to play piano live right because now that's that's a big part when we think back to live aid yeah yeah and those amazing experiences and obviously he's a he's a great piano player but on this particular track it was Brian May, because originally this had come from the band before Queen, which was a band called Smile, and has been well documented. So that was before Freddie joined. Yeah, right, so yeah. Freddie used to see Smile, and they wasn't quite sure about the vocalist, and then Freddie was like, you need me as your vocalist. And then, <laughs> yeah. so, so this was kind of like, and I think the first album has like tracks that they'd previously written, Smile, which was kind of Brian May's band before and also another one called ibex which was mercury so you, you're kind of getting the meeting of both of them but but this is just uh i think it's a beautiful ballad um and as i say and afterwards freddie went on to to play piano with it live uh, and it's not played at many many concerts but the reason i put this is also i think it's the second track on the album so to kind of go with track two as a ballad is quite it's mm, quite strong yeah. yeah very very bold but i think that the quality of it is beautiful and then you can start to hear the richness of that classic Mercury vocal that we've all come to to adore. Should be doing 
waiting for the sun Looking round to find the words to say Should be waiting for the skies to clear There are time in all the the starting of the rock <laughs> opera sound from uh, Queen. L- love the intro and that very no. gentle sound of, uh, of Freddie Mercury's voice yeah. at the start of it all. And uh, as you said, this was a song that was written when he wasn't in the band. Uh, Tim Staffel, um, along with Brian May, wrote this when it was Smile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that was that was the thing with Freddie coming into the band. He, you can almost see the vulnerability. And again, if you think about that particular time, yeah. first album wasn't known you know, he, struggling musicians. So yeah, there would yeah. have been a lot of vulnerability, uh, vulnerability around that time. And I think that really comes across in his vocal, which is interesting because we're used to the big, big voice that he's mm, got yeah. that, that just booms out that we're used to. So to hear this kind of beautiful, sweet tone of his, it just it, it just beautiful. It marries with that music so well. First time I've ever heard that, yeah. I, will, I will say. <laughs> so, yeah, rather nice. Um, now, for your third song, uh, you've gone for a tune that was originally titled Lover. Uh, yep. But for some reason, it became Liar. Liar, that's uh, right. I'd like to know the story on that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So this was like kind of a similar story, but in reverse. So Freddie had a band before called Ibex. So this was written with, with that band. So he brought. So these two bands <coughs> kind of were separate. Came to, so yeah, yeah separate so bands, this is right. when they was they they hadn't actually come together, but they'd been writing songs, and this was one that he particularly liked, um, and this came out as a single. Now this is quite it is quite a long song. It goes on for about six and a half minutes, but I think it kind of showcases l- the lots of different sections of of uh, how Queen used to put these big thematic songs together. And it became quite a favourite with the bands because they'd take sections out of it, especially in their later tours, just just to add in between songs. And um, yeah, yeah, just a really, really strong song.
So that uh, tune sold a million copies. Um, so yeah, you know, over, it did pretty over well. Time. So it, yeah, it, it did well. It did well. Um, and I think it was just kind of like the beginning of the exper- experimentation of what it came on to, especially with the the bigger the bigger Queen songs, especially as you say with the follow up album mm. with tracks like Bohemian Rhapsody. That was the one, wasn't it? I mean, that that yeah. that really was. Um, the one that cemented it. I can just remember so many lads in my college and, and you know, high school and walking around with that album with the iconic yeah. faces on the front. Yeah. And, you know. And, it, and it was the video as well. I think that was the, the video of Bohemian Rhapsody was, was such a huge thing, which yeah. made it, um, again, was another standout. And then you put the absolute high highest quality of musicianship that, that wrote the song. Again, it's, it, it wasn't stuff which was general kind of rock and roll music it's really really detailed you know similar to Billy Joel as we said earlier on lots mm. of different themes within within the music very very intelligent writing definitely um, I just want to slip in uh, one more tune um, which is probably the most famous from this album Seventh Seas of, of Rye um, yeah. which uh, I th- again released as a single right it, it, well it was in the later album so this is interesting because it's only a minute and a half and it's like an instrumental version so they hadn't fully written it uh, but they they like the song, so I think it's Queen Two that the actual full song turns right, up which on is the what lyrics. I'm going to play. <laughs> yeah, 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 which is a great one. So yeah, that's this is what what it led to. So that is the version that appeared on uh, the Queen 2 album. As as Kel said, it was originally an instrumental that appeared on their uh, debut album. So, I mean, we've looked at quite a lot of, of albums over the last few weeks that turned 50 this year. I mean, just mm. running through uh, Wings Band on the Run, which should definitely be one of my favourites. Uh, you came up with Quadrophenia by The Who, um, yeah. which, you know, another kind of groundbreaking album. Not, not unlike this. No, there's some of this. It's interesting going through all of these because you can see certain threads between quite a few of them. And especially with some of the songs we played earlier from Queen and Quadrophenia. Again, it was that big thematic storytelling, yeah. which is very much of its time. Yeah. Uh, we also uh, took a look at Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, of course, which is a, an epic <laughs> album, whichever way you look at it. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, Elton John. Yeah. And, um, of course, he just concluded his, um, his farewell tour. Yeah. It, yeah. All wrapped up in Stockholm. Yeah, yeah. And he did that, that um, massive gig at Glastonbury as well. Yeah. Which is being hailed as one of the best um, performances ever at the yeah. festival, yeah. But timing would have been absolutely perfect. The the kind of the surrounding buzz of that being his one of his final gigs at Glastonbury of all places. I think like the other stages, there was like three people watching or whoever was yeah, playing yeah, on those. Yeah. Everybody went there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also took a look a couple of weeks ago at um, an absolute masterpiece from Stevie Wonder. That was Inner Visions. Oh. 
Oh. <laughs> Aladdin Sane was on the menu, and yeah. there's also Aerosmith's debut album as well, uh, Aerosmith, all recorded back in 1973. Yeah. What, well, were you, what were you doing then? I mean, were you? Ooh, I was three then. Yeah. So. <laughs> and you picked up a guitar. I, I, I think I was about five or six, but I was very sensitive to music. My mum told me as a kid, like whenever the Doctor Who music would come on, oh yeah, you know, like, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd hide behind the sofa, so I, I was very susceptible <laughs> to, to everything that was was going going on. Definitely some of these albums for yeah, sure. Yeah, but I, 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 you know, being a little bit older than you, um, <laughs> remember them all. Um, very, very well, especially I think Band on the Run and uh, and Elton John's. But so anyway, yeah. that little series there of uh, albums turning fifty years of age in twenty twenty three. I suggest you go and buy them all. Have you? Have you do you yeah. own any of those? Um, I've got quite a few of them now. As a, as a gentleman at Raw, <laughs> yeah, keep getting Can emails testify. from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, but it's, it's really such a great history. And as as we mentioned before, I know I keep bringing this up every time that I've recently bought a vinyl deck. Yeah, it's just such a different experience going through albums, holding the the sleeves, looking at the stories on the sleeves. Because I think that was a huge part back then as well was the cover art. Mm. The cover art in these albums were amazing. And then you'd open the sleeves up, you'd you'd kind of have the music in the background and you'd either read the lyrics or someone have different stories around them. It just gives you another sense of direction and enjoyment from from the music. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure going through these. Some I knew well, some I didn't. Yeah. Uh, but they've all become very firm favourites of mine now. Yeah, and uh, just before I let you go, guitar player uh, Kel, I can tell you that um, Santana has just dropped his new album, Energia. It's Ooh. called. It's, it dropped on the 14th of July, so you might be going to invest in that. Oh, yeah. It's also got his son on it, Salvador, and his nephew, Jose Santana. So there's three Santanas on the new album. It's called Energia once again. I've not seen it around yet, but it only got uh, released a few days ago. So I want to add that to the collection. That, that'll be on the list for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Kel, as ever, brilliant to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming along and talking music with me. We'll see you next week. Will do. Thank you. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.